This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, whatever that case may be right now here in California, sunny Southern California, as a matter of fact, a great day. It is 9 a.m., so that means for you, it's anywhere from 10 to 11 or noon, and I hope you had uh, having a great day so far. I certainly am. And uh, anyway, we're here for you. We're uh, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio. And um, just, uh, we're here for you. We're here for your pets. We're here to answer questions. We're here just to talk pets. Let's talk pets. Um, a great way to get a hold of us. First of all, you can call us. It's the old-fashioned way. It's still okay. It still works. 877-385-8882. Once again, that's 877-385-8882. Or better yet, um, you can go on to PetLifeRadio.com, click on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you scroll down, and there will be a Google Hangouts link left for you by our wonderful producer, Mark Winter. And you can contact us directly. Not only contact us, but we can see you. So if you're going to do it, use your phone, use your computer, your laptop, and have your pet sitting right there with you. And we can talk pets. And as I say, and I will say it again and again, uh, there is so much traction right now when it comes to telemedicine and telehealth. Something you should get used to doing because you're going to be doing it. You know, log on to um, a site that I'm involved in. I'll be one of the veterinarians. It's live DVM. And uh, if you, you should actually, one thing I, I tell people to do, I tell my clients, is you should register now. You never know when you're going to need it, when you're going to have that 2 a.m. and then you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and you think, oh, my God, I have an emergency. And you're going to want to get in the car and run to the emergency. But guess what? 80% of emergencies aren't. And if you had someone, another veterinarian to talk to, to explain what's going on, just show them with your phone. What does that lesion look like? What does that limp look like? What is it? Is the bleeding something you have to worry about? Whatever it is, you can actually save yourself just boatloads of money by having to run to an emergency, seeing your own veterinarian the next day. So what I'd recommend is that going into live DVM and register now. That way, when you need us, it's going to be really quick. You just log in as already a parent, a pet parent, as opposed to having to go through the whole process of logging in and becoming a member at that time. And membership is free. So it's just a great, great service so you need it. Anyway, just got back from Global Pet Expo. It's great. It is the largest pet expo in the country on an annual basis. It was in Orlando. One of my news pieces today is going to have something to do with canine influenza. And got a chance to meet up with some of the other show hosts here on Pet Life Radio. Um, Michelle Fern was there at Best Vets for Pets and Catitude. Megan Blake, Super Smiley Adventures, was there. Ray Anong from Aquariumania. We had both Jamie McDonald and Dustin McAdams from Pets Mean Biz. And, of course, Lisa Smith-Putnam was Simply Pets. And... It was uh, Chris Anthane from Canine Master. So a lot of the hosts usually converge on Pet Life Radio. We get to chit-chat and meet and schmooze. Of course, um, Mark Winter was there. And um, it really is. It's a really, it's a great, great show. And, um, you know, even an old guy like me, we learn so much. And the products that are there, you know, as a veterinarian, I think a lot of veterinarians that don't have an opportunity to go to a show like this kind of miss out. And some of my colleagues, you know, were there. Uh, my friend Marty Becker was there. That's fear free. So I see a, a number of veterinarians as well. But no, it's uh, it's great as, as a consumer, as a pet enthusiast. Usually the last day of the show, they actually let the public come in. Mostly it's for buyers, it's wholesalers, it's distributors, it's manufacturers, it's press as we were. And you really get a chance to see what is going on out there, what is new, and uh, it's fascinating stuff. So um, 
Anyway, again, perusing the news on AVMA Smart Brief and American Animal Hospital Newswire. Here's some things. First of all, this is interesting. Scary, but interesting. And that is that um, the study found they were able to identify a structure. It's a key feline FIV protein. And the nature, the reason why it's been so tough from the veterinary standpoint with FIV feline infectious, the virus, immunodeficiency virus, and um, the human immunodeficiency virus, i.e. the AIDS virus, is that the nature of the virus itself blocks the ability to be treated. So it's so hard to come up with that vaccine or medication to treat it because there's almost like a protective mechanism. So anyway, they've identified the protein that causes this. It's a resistance protein. And this whole idea can lead to new targets. The problem is when they were able to block this protein, they still weren't able to treat. So it, it's multifaceted. There, there is more that we have to learn about, but I think it's really, really good that we at least found out that much about it. And, and I've said this before on our show, is that who, whichever research group, whether it's for FIV or HIV, they're going to help each other because the viruses are very, very consistent. We've known about it, but there are a lot of different protocols. And usually the lymphoma protocol and the sarcoma protocol are not always the same. These are different types of cancers that we treat. Well, mediastinal lymphoma, which is a lymphoma, seems to respond better to a particular protocol called a VAC protocol that we use for sarcomas, soft tissue sarcomas. And that is a drug called vincristine, one called adriamycin, which is doxyrubicin, and cytoxin cyclophosphamide. So I mean, it's really good to know because they've gotten some really, really promising results using the VAC protocol plus prednisone to try to beat and added, um, in, in some cases, up to almost two years uh, additional lifespan to these dogs. This is a very aggressive type of cancer. It's what we call a T-cell lymphoma. Most often, as they say, there are two types. There's B-cell and T-cell. B we call bad. T we call terrible. And so either way, it's, it's serious stuff. But when you hear news like this, that certain studies are letting us know about some really effective treatments, that's the best. This is cute. A, a fox, a three-week-old fox puppy was found on a street in Milwaukee and uh, near death. And um, it was, uh, it's recovering. Uh, it had, listen, I mean, this is a sad list, but it had, it was hypothermic, meaning low body temperature. It was, uh, had mange. It was severely dehydrated. It had upper respiratory infection. And the, it was brought into a, uh, a care of a rehabilitation facility and is doing great. And they're, they're hoping soon they're going to be able to um, uh, release it or either to another rehab facility to slowly socialize with other abandoned foxes or obviously set free, but um, it's doing really, really well. Another food recall. Surprise? No, I'm not surprised either. This one is because of Listeria. Uh, the company, as you know, is called Radagast Pet Food, and it is a one lot each of their raw chicken and their raw turkey-based foods because of a bacterium called Listeria monocytogenes. Um, it is the most common Listeria, and uh, there was contamination how it's getting in, like, most likely from the, the meat itself initially. But anyway, uh, it's a problem. There were two stories about this and, and something new that a lot of groups, organizations, municipalities are actually, they are to trying to reduce the risk of rabies in wild animals. They've come up with an oral version of a rabies vaccine, kind of like the, the salt polio, which we used to eat in a sugar cube, those of you who remember. I certainly do because it was great eating a sugar cube. That was fun. But anyway, the um, oral rabies vaccine, so they're putting it in bait, and these wild animals are eating the bait and, of course, getting the rabies shot. Well, 
just so happened there are a lot of dogs that run around a lot of these areas so sure enough the story was about a dog who ate the bait got an oral rabies vaccine not that it's not going to hurt him it's totally safe but um, he got a gastrointestinal upset because i don't know what the bait was but you know dogs have sensitive stomachs sometimes when so they eat something different for the very first time and uh here was a perfect case in point but the dog's doing fine and i think it's a great program because ultimately what it's going to do is going to reduce the risk of rabies for people because if, if these animals are protected they won't get rabies and if any of them that are not protected should bite a person before they're protected they would give the person rabies now they don't so i think it's really great another case of canine i you know was just i was just in orlando for the global pet expo i did a piece at their local nbc affiliate on influenza and guess what the h3n2 that's the newer one the one that was uh, first discovered like in 2016 is continuing to spread across florida so we should use florida as, as an example and that is that if you live in an area where you, they are seeing where more and more cases are being reported period it doesn't have to be spreading all over the place just reported my recommendation especially if you and your pet your dog frequent places where there are a lot of other dogs dog parks dog beaches doggy daycares whatever groomers hospitals you name it i highly recommend getting the uh, influenza vaccine it's available not expensive and uh, see your veterinarian about the h3n2 combined with the h3n8 influenza vaccine this is very very important this next piece and, and take note everybody should take note about this one rhode island the state of rhode island is considering a bill that will penalize false service dog claims so if you have a, or a service animal so when you go online and you go to those sites and you get a service animal certification that's not legit just so you can have that your pet travel with you in the plane or, or go to the inside of the restaurant with you or whatever the case may be if it is determined that that claim was false basically up to a $500 penalty and 30 days community service if you live in Rhode Island now no one else has followed this rule this path yet however I really do feel that if this shows to be successful there will be uh, other states that are going to adopt such a policy and I always say this and, and look there are sites out there and I get it I get it if you travel a lot with your pet uh, that you want to go through the shortcut and you want your pet to be safe especially what happened a couple of weeks ago a uh, week and a half ago on United Airlines and it makes a lot of sense however I will say that there are people out there that legitimately legitimately need to have these service dogs so if it gets to the point where there's so many that there are going to be problems for the people that really need it I would be concerned just proceed with caution if you are not one that is truly truly needs to have a service animal or needs to have your dog or cat or pet characterized or as a service pet or service animal but I said that it does concern me uh, more about stem cells we see it more and more um uh, promise uh, a study being done showing that uh, again with joints and nothing i know i do prp in my practice um, which is platelet-rich plasma and i've seen tremendous results and so nothing new to me uh, i think these are really really happy this is interesting and i want you to take note of this and then after the break i want to hear from you because i want to hear some opinions here i want to hear some stories here but this is a good one so a seven-year-old setter woke up its owner and alerted her to a fire in the basement and he was howling he was running back and forth he was barking he actually led her down the stairs and my question to you and i don't have an answer i'm very curious to know what you think is that dog waking the owner because that dog knows the only key for this dog to get out of that house is that owner because the dog can't open the door himself or was he truly being more altruistic thinking about not himself but thinking about the owner what do you think 
in a situation like that, and I've heard both sides that the dogs are waking the owners. <laughs> uh, truth is, owner, I don't give a darn about you, but you got to open the door for me. I got to get out of here. So I'm just curious to know what you think. How much do we believe that the dogs are truly, truly doing it because of their bond to us, because they're trying to literally save us or save themselves, or hopefully maybe a combination of both. And speaking of United Airlines, they are reevaluating their policies. <laughs> Duh, um, you think? So two senators are proposing laws to restrict and punish mistreatment of animals, prohibiting storage of animals in overhead compartments, which of course should have done, and just really revamping their rules, the laws. And interestingly, they will not be flying any animals in cargo until some of these things are worked out. They will allow pets in the cabin. And for those of you who don't know, you should never allow a flight attendant to put your pet in an overhead compartment. But in order to, you know, you have your choices. Either you have a service animal that if it's too big, you buy a seat for it, or it must fit in an airline approved carrier that will fit down the seat in front of you. So you must know that. So um, uh, it's very important. So if you have a bulkhead seat, you want to be careful only because for takeoff and landing, you have to put it in the overhead. And um, now if you have a pet that's a service dog and doesn't need to be in a carrier in the seat in front of you, then actually bulkhead is a great place for them. In fact, I know many people that travel with their pets try to get those bulkhead seats because there's a little more room, there's nothing in front of them, no seat that's going to recline and, and knock the dog over. So um, I know that's, uh, that is the, this seems to be the choice seats for dogs that are not in carrier. So anyway, it's that time, that halftime, if you will. Um, I want to come back. We want to talk about the um, dogs that are having issues. And I'm also going to share some really fun stuff that I saw at the Global Pet Expo. So don't go away. It's halfway through our show. By the way, this is our 200th show here on Pet Life Radio. 200, not bad. And, and many of you haven't called in yet. So now's the time. Today's the day. You know, either get online, pick up the phone, and let's talk pets. We'll be back after these shorts. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Liquor Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Liquor Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Liquor Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasiewicz for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay. And welcome back. You're live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Dr. Jeff. Ask the vets with Dr. Jeff. That's me. 
And um, so before the break, we left you with some things to think about. I would love to hear from you. I was thinking about it myself. So we talked about this story about an Irish setter. I'm not even sure it was an Irish setter. It just said setter. So Gordon, English or Irish. And um, a seven-year-old male that actually woke its owner because there was a fire in the basement. He was barking, howling, pacing, and um, finally woke her up, actually led her down the stairs. And the question is, why? Was he truly trying to save her? Was he just truly trying to save himself and knows that the only exit possibility is when she opens the door for him or a combination of both. So I was thinking, okay, how can we prove this? So I have a, I thought of a couple of things. Number one, you set up situations with these dogs and we're just see, does, does my dog really love me or does my dog just love himself? And so what you do is you can set up a, a dangerous situation, but have an open door or have a doggy door that the dog uses on a regular basis. So the dog now can easily get out on its own and see what he does or she does. Does he still go and kind of get the owner up? Or does he or she just make a beeline and say, see ya? So um, I think that, you know, it's one of these things, how bonded. So if, in fact, dogs, and hopefully they do, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm being very hopeful here, if they do truly consider us to be their family, part of their pack, and, you know, we know that dogs are social and dogs are pack animals, then I would imagine in the case of danger, they would, of course, want to save their pack. So in that case, they would be waking us up to try to save us as well. If, however, they show us that, no, 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 given the danger situation and they make a beeline, leaving us asleep upstairs in the room, then we know that we were giving them too much credit. So I don't know if anyone's ever done studies like that. It would be very interesting to know because it, it, it's an, like I said, when I opened, I, it's an unanswered question. I don't know what, you know, what my dogs would do. I would hope they would care about me and, and the family enough to give us a good warning. But um, I think when a push comes to shove, they may just, you know, want to get out themselves and, and run for their own safety. I think that it's great that they actually recognize danger, whatever that may be, uh, recognize that something is, is not right. But I am, I, I don't know if anyone out there, any of our listeners have any information about this or have seen any studies or have read something where we can scientifically prove what they would do. I would love to hear about it. I would love to share it with our listeners. So think about it. And if you want to talk about it, if any of you have had experience yourselves with a dangerous situation where the dog did have an opportunity to get out on their own and didn't, but actually first got you, alerted you, saved you, whatever the case may be, then I want to hear about it because that would be great to know. That would sort of you know put my faith back in the relationship we have with our dogs. I mean, I know, of course, no question, but if, if, if there was a dangerous situation that we were alerted to, we would 100% save our pet. We would never leave. I mean, look, story after story after story in these hurricanes and all these disasters where people, they were, you know, people had to vacate their homes and relocate, and there's like, no way, not without my dogs. So um, the question is, do they feel the same way about us? And I, I don't know. So if you know someone out there, share it with us. That'd be great. So anyway, also just got back from the trade show. There are so many cool things going on. So before we uh, go, we have a few minutes left. I wanted to share some great stuff. So a lot of technology, a lot of high tech, a lot of automated things, products that you can track on your phone. You can obviously monitor your pets at home. You can communicate with them at home. 
scientific devices that will, you know, can read your pet's vitals for you. If you have an infirm animal that's much older and you really need to monitor on a regular basis, even while you're at work, you can check out heart rate. You can, I mean, the pet pace collar, which is amazing, the body temperature, heart rate, activity. Well, you can tell whether your pet is lying down, right side or left side, feeding, you know, or whatever. So it gives you an opportunity to see what's going on. This thing I love, it's called the Portion Pro RX. It's a feeder. It's an automatic feeder. And what it does is a door that literally opens and shuts like an elevator door on top of the food bowl. And it also has a container where you could store the food. The pet wears a medallion. So if you have an animal that has to eat, for example, a special diet or is, is on a diet, so it can only have a certain amount of food, but needs that certain amount of food, they can wear a medallion. Their medallion opens up the food bowl. And then it, when they leave, it's open. But if another dog or another pet in the household comes near with a different medallion, that's the closing medallion, as they're walking up to the bowl, the bowl automatically shuts off. You can control how much food to give remotely. And I think the new version they talk about, it's even going to have a little camera so you can watch your, your pet eating. But that's really cool. So it, it's so funny to watch it. So as you said, this door opens and shuts depending on which medallion, a little, little thin medallion your pet is using. It's almost like a remote control. Another big thing are treats and foods. It's unbelievable. No wonder why the food aisle at a supermarket is probably second only to breakfast cereal. I mean, it is huge. And there are so many different products out there. I mean, walk into a pet store, walk into a specialty pet store, and then and you'll, you will see aisle after aisle after aisle of just foods. So case in point, don't let anyone tell you that this food is the best. Because if there was truly a best food, you wouldn't need all these other foods on the market. You'd everybody want to be the best. So, you know, and I even say, you, you ask 10 veterinarians which food is the best, and you're going to get 12 answers. So you, there's no way. And you can't convince somebody who loves haagen that Ben & Jerry's is better, or McDonald's is better, or Grater's is better. You, you just can't. So it's all about taste. There's so many different facets. And the most important is the dog or your pet. Is your pet going to eat it? I don't care how good it is. If you don't eat it, it's not so good. So, anyway, limited ingredients. That's what seems to be the key. Non-GMO, gluten-free. I don't know why. I mean, uh, of course, if you could prove your pet has gluten allergy, then gluten-free is the way to go. And we know that wheat, for example, is a high allergen, as is corn, as are beef and chicken and turkey. But there are so many limited ingredients. That, that means there's one source of protein, and usually which we call a novel protein, and a type of carb whether it's a grain or not, but things they haven't seen before. Yams or sweet potato, um, even regular potatoes, some are avoiding potato. Green pea, that, that seems to be a biggie. Or oats. Oats is another one that, again, most, most pet foods have had oats. So anything to avoid corn and wheat. Barley is another big one. So that's sort of the, the new thing now. And even older companies like Neutro by Mars Brands has a complete revamp and meeting the needs of non-GMO, gluten-free, antigen, you know, limited antigens. And um, the testing, uh, it's like an ultra diet, are, have been amazing uh, as far as dogs loving it. So these are all the kinds of things that we're seeing. There's something really cute, too. And I love this one. There's a product that's uh, being distributed by Petnate. These two are distributed by Petnate. And that is the, it's called Dig and Diner. So basically what it is, it's a food bowl with a, a clear plastic container. That's on, it rotates, almost like, you know, a rotating um, thing on the, on the barbecue, okay, a rotisserie. So it's got a hole in it. You stuff it with the food. And then the dog learns very quickly, they, in order to release the food, small amounts at a time, they have to take their paw and they turn this, this whole container. It's, and, and as it's turning, it's releasing some food. And that way, when you have a dog like one of mine that doesn't eat but inhales its food, 
This limits how much they can get at once. It's really, really cool. And along the same lines, there's a new bone. It's called the Robo Bone. That's going to be released, I think, in a couple of months. And it's a bone that is uh, a container. And what it does is it, as the dogs are playing with it, it actually releases treats. And it moves around, changes direction. It runs for about two minutes and it stops until the dog taps it again. As soon as they tap it again, it starts this whole process. So it's a great way. So when you have a dog that has anxiety, separation anxiety, doesn't like being left alone, now it has an opportunity to play with something that is actually rewarding the dog via the play. So no longer do you have to be there to give the reward. The dog is getting itself reinforcing. And those are the best types of treats and uh, things for dogs and toys and games that keep them occupied, keep them busy, and self-rewarding. Anyway, uh, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. If you have any questions, if you have any topics you want to talk about, anything, 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 go ahead and get a hold of me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. I want you to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Jeff Werber. You will see I have one promise, the thing I can promise you, tons and tons of really, really cute pictures, great dogs, and also some educational videos that I do. So uh, join me on at Dr. Jeff Werber on Instagram. And other than that, thanks for being here on my 200th show here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on Pet Life Radio. Uh, thanks again to our producer, Mark. And uh, we will um, be here Next week is going to be a tough one for me. I'm traveling, but uh, we will be here the week after that. So have a great two weeks, everybody, and we'll see you. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.